0: Welcome to Just To Be Nominated from Hollywood Magazine. I'm your host, Terry McPherson. And I'm the one and only Leo Gold. Normally, this is a podcast about the Oscars, you know, a prediction podcast. Uh, But with the circumstances of Riley Audrey's recent death, we've decided to devote our time and energy to putting together what feels like a few missing pieces to a puzzle.
1: I'm feeling very much like Carrie in Homeland right now, you know, just feel like the answer is it's there. Uh, We just need to have enough red yarn.
0: You and Claire Danes also strike me as the same body type. Like, you could share clothing. I do want to recap. Last week, we talked about Dinah Reyes, who um, lost to Riley. She also had a little bit of disdain for Riley uh, as Riley represented, you know, everything that Dinah perceived to kind of be wrong with the Oscar
1: campaign. And she didn't hold back. I mean, she walked out of that ceremony when she lost, which... Oh, stormed out. That's something that gay men will be watching on YouTube at parties coked out for the rest of their lives. She also uh,
0: kind of keyed us into the fact that there were a group of people in Riley's hotel room
1: around the time of her death. One of these people we know for sure was Michelle Leanders. Right. So we have this group and we have one member of it and so we're little gumshoes right now and we're trying to figure out who these other people are. And of course our sights are kind of on
0: the year in Stockholm family. You know the cast and crew. We are going to be looking at Antoine Morey and Anna Marie Highsmith the director and real-life author, you know, respectively, of A Year in Stockholm. Uh, and these two, from what I recall, didn't think too
1: highly of Riley. From my memory, they didn't think too highly of much. I mean, I felt like going into these interviews, um, I had just watched that Brene Brown TED Talk and was really trying to make myself vulnerable. And uh, just felt like my neck was getting stomped on. Yeah. Over and over.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, of the Stockholm team, They certainly were happy to be parting ways. I think what's important here is just how excited they were about making this movie and how connected they felt with the material until Riley joined the cast. Because if you recall, she joined last minute. She was not supposed to be a part of this. And I think that resentment of what could have been really shines here. So let's listen to uh, our interview that happened on the campaign
1: trail. all right i'm here with uh anna marie highsmith and antoine murray did i say that correctly Uh, no i'm doing my best here (laughs) i feel like gene seberg right now (laughs) um and i am so excited to be here with the writer of a year in stockholm Uh, thanks so much for meeting with me today certainly what first attracted you to this story and um and to uh, a year in stockholm the book i feel like this book was such a global bestseller we all Really, I mean, I couldn't put it down. I thought it was so fantastic, and um, I was on Fire Island for a week, and every gay guy I was with read it. It was like everywhere. I thought already the fact that it was
2: two women, and you had explicitly the themes of captivity as opposed to a suggested captivity. Uh, It fascinated me. And then when coupled with Anna Marie, she is an incredible writer who has an emotional honesty and integrity when she explores her own life. Uh, I could not help but be attracted both to the story and to the person whose story it is.
3: I, I wanted him to come to me, and he did do that. He came out to see me, and uh, we sat at my house for hours and, and talked about my book and what really happened. And it, we, it just took off from there.
2: It's important to understand. What I read in those pages was what captured me to tell this story. The book... The book is a true story. It's more real and uh, more obvious than anything that ended up on screen. You know, when I read that book, it, it moved me in a way that is very unique for a piece of art. It's what every artist aspires to. And so I wanted to make the film because I wanted to share that experience with as many people as possible. I suppose what I am trying to say is that if you want
1: a true artistic experience, you should read the book. Okay, just reads the book. Let's talk casting and sort of what that process was like. Uh, Laurie Kurt, such an unexpected brilliant choice. Uh, and Riley Audrey, you know, sort of was brought in, I, we hear sort of last minute and Michelle Leanders had actually been attached. Did that sort of throw you for a, a curveball? That's a baseball euphemism, um, which is a sport we play here.
3: Michelle really got me and was able to articulate that in a way that actually really helped from the beginning.
2: Michelle, she captured the character completely. She embodied it. She was clay for me to mold. You know, uh, Michelangelo used to say that uh, he he would have to find the right piece of marble, but the statue was already within it. All he was doing was revealing it. And I really understood that working with Michelle when we were uh, bouncing ideas back and forth, it was like I had found this perfect piece of marble and all I had to do was reveal the performance that was already within her. It was an incredible experience. And then... Riley! In comes Riley Audrey and she is this this piece of plastic it was like going from uh, marble cut from the, the the land of Greece and moving into this plastic that has been spewed out by America this, uh, this Barbie doll that could only say the lines the same way over and over and over and over I do uh, 15 takes one day and just to try and get her to do something different, anything different I find myself yelling at her, trying to shock her, trying to get some kind of reaction, to get some life from this plastic doll I, I swear it was it, it, it was insufferable it was like trying to work with a, a, a toy I don't know if you know this uh, histoire de jou, uh, this toy stories there's a snake in my boots the same way over and over again it's, it was impossible I swear it, it was like mon dieu If I really I, I could have uh, there are times but uh, I don't know, I guess that's what some people enjoy.
1: It must have been really jarring to sort of have Michelle, this person you had developed a relationship with, you know, cast aside at the last minute in favor of this sort of tween star. Well, Riley,
2: she was the studio's decision, it was not me, it was not Anna-Marie, it was their decision. We were not even asked. do you think for one moment I would have agreed to have Riley Audrey be in this film? She, would, I, she just showed up one day. We were the last to know. No one consulted me, no one consulted her. It was her story and no one consulted her. Uh,
1: So in terms of um, this being your first English language film, was that a different process for you? Did you find like you were interacting with the studio system in a new way that's different from sort of the French auteur studio system?
2: France, they respect the auteur. Uh, Even people who do not work in the film industry, they understand the process of filmmaking requires, you know, a a captain. It's like uh, the chef in a kitchen. In the same way, ultimately, the film must belong to the director. To me, this is obvious, it is clear, I think everyone would understand it. It is, you know, a a child of five years old understands you need a boss, but here, no. Here, everyone is a director. The producers, they are directors. Cassandra, she is a director. Riley Audrey, she decides she wants to be a director one day, and now she is a director. Everyone feels it is their place to be the director. It is my film. It is my film. It is my film. <coughs> no f**k off! It is my film. No, it's not. this complicated. It is my film. Now I would go make my film. It's it's really it's 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 insanity. I could never work like this again.
1: Never. So. Antoine, there's been so much acclaim around Riley's performance that Oscar buzz is really off the charts. Not that I was necessarily expecting that. I was expecting it to chart, but not necessarily be off the charts. So do you take any credit for any of that?
2: No, <laughs> non, crois-moi, non, uh, moi, non uh, what Riley did, that is all Riley. Huh? Her performance is not what I envisioned. Her performance is not what I wanted. Uh, It's not what Anna-Marie gave us. It has nothing to do with Anna-Marie. It has nothing to do with uh, what the performance could have been. This, what you have seen, what is getting attention, this is Riley's movie, through and through. If it gets anything, it's not because of me. No, if it were a performance that I truly felt ownership of over, then maybe this story would be different. Maybe uh, it would have been a performance
1: that was truly good. This is an Oscars podcast, and so I just wanted to get a sense of uh, anything you're excited about or if you even watch the show, if you're planning on going.
3: I used to watch the Oscars more, but then they got so political, I, to be honest, I haven't been watching it.
2: I have never seen the Oscars. Seems like a lot of people wanting to get dressed up and clap for each other for,
1: I don't know, to feel special. Well, I will be there in the green room, so maybe I'll see you again someday.
3: Great.
1: You would be so. I, I believe so, yeah. They, they just let anyone in there now. You know, they say if an actress wins an award for a film, it represents all the work of all the filmmakers. So maybe we'll see Riley with that, and, and you'll get some satisfaction or gratification from that experience. And I'll just let that hang in the air. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Really missed you in that interview. I mean, they did not seem too honored to work with Riley. Riley coming in last minute, being a selection from the studio head. Um, and Antoine clearly has a very French way of looking at his art, at the industry that doesn't necessarily coalesce with that of the American studio system. I mean, it really feels like they were stripped of their vision, right? And it sounded like they feel Riley, who was this sort of studio-imposed casting choice, had so much to do with it.
0: Sure, I mean, I doubt someone who's worked on the Grim Reapers is at the top of Antoine's list.
1: Yeah, and that Anna Marie felt sort of misrepresented on screen and, and felt like this interpretation wasn't as true to her book as she would have liked.
0: And she kept kind of highlighting, you know, read her book, like the real stories in the book. Do you have any idea like what that was all about? Do you think the movie and book are
1: that, you know, different? Um, yes. The book and the script are that different. That's not just European auteur talk. Okay, let's compare them. It's quite striking. Beth, could you pull up the excerpt I texted you from Anna Marie's audiobook? Okay, so this is the moment she first realized she was being kept captive.
3: Frida left me in the bedroom, in the room. That would become my whole existence for an entire year and it was all quiet a heaviness fell on me i did not know what to do should i scream should i run should i bang on these walls i knew it would make no difference why fight all i could do was sit in the tiny bed and not move i sat still for what felt like hours until i fell asleep
0: Wow, that is powerful I, I like, look, I have goosebumps Do you see this? This is crazy That gave me chills And
1: it is such a small, quiet moment And here's actually an excerpt from The official screenplay that Antoine wrote You know, you can get these online anywhere Okay, so listen to the way he wrote the same moment <clears throat> The door closes Anna stares And stares And stares Like a blank canvas A blank canvas Quiet canvas. She quietly sits down on the bed. No noise, complete silence. Only her thoughts, but those are quiet too. The scene fades to black. And now let's hear a clip from the scene that actually made it into the movie. Sweet Beth, yes, I also sent you that. So please keep up.
0: Where are you going? Don't leave me here. Go, please, anyone, please help me. You won't get away with this, you won't win. I will escape, I will be free, and you will regret the day you decided to take me.
1: Oh, wow, right? And after listening to this, I totally get their anger and frustration at Riley's take on the story, which seems to be a vision that the studio supported, Because it's what made it on the film. Uh, no, okay, I get what you mean. Uh, she's really playing for the cheap seats here. Authors and artists can be very protective of their work, but she was none too happy when we brought that up at the Oscars party, which uh, we'll play for you right now.
0: Antoine and Marie! thank you so much for sitting down with us so early in the evening a big night for you both congrats on the win this is huge you know riley got the win it's so amazing to see such talented people fuse together you two and and riley uh talk me through the night when what happened when she when they read her name what were you feeling Um,
3: shock?
2: Yes, it was definitely a surprise. It was a strong field this year. I think there was some very, very interesting work in Riley's category. Uh, Some work that uh, perhaps even I would have been proud to have been involved with, but you know, Riley won, so there you
0: are. We could argue that, you know, you brought that performance out of her, so this is a win for you, too. And,
2: no, this is definitely all, all Riley. I will not say that uh, it is, honestly, it's nothing to do with me. Huh? You know, uh, there is no accounting for taste.
0: And Anna Marie, you're seeing your book everywhere. It's especially nice to see this, your story, but Riley's face. You know, it's like you, Riley, you, Riley, you're just, you're becoming one.
1: No, they, they put Riley's face on your book? Oh, yeah. I actually, I have a copy right here <laughs> because they were handing them out in the gift bag. And as you can see, that's now a major motion picture. No, <laughs> vrai. Uh, I true.
3: I, I haven't looked in the bag. I'm...
0: I'm a bit overwhelmed. So I want to talk about Riley's acceptance speech just for a second. Uh, but she mentioned you two, and then you two kind of, like, bolted. You huh? were out of your seats pretty quick. Was that to go give, like, a Riley a, a quick hug at least, or, or just...
2: Uh, no, I had to piss, and then I ran into Anna Marie uh, in the bar, and uh, we got talking, and oh, we missed the ceremony.
3: I had to get to the restroom, too. And so you, you're you here
0: early to this to this little after party. Uh, you must have skipped the red carpet, just eager to get to that bar, huh?
2: They are actually serving a very nice wine. It's a Pommel from uh, 2005. Is that—is that, is that Wes? Anderson, you know, he made one good film, but he has spent his entire career just trying to remake *Harold and Maude*, and he has never achieved it. He, he, there is no substance. There is no substance. He sto- might be out I'm, at the bar. I, I'm going to get another. He's <laughs> been an out wine. for
0: Wes. Um, is there anyone else you're excited to see, though? Anna Marie, is there someone that you're you're interested in rubbing elbows with? Tonight's the night to do it. I wouldn't mind seeing Gal Gadot.
1: Love Gal. She's quite the gal. I said that to her once in an interview, um, and she hated it.
0: Well, you've got a lot of celebrating ahead of you. Uh, how how are you gonna do it? What what happens now? Do you all plan to work together again? Anna Marie, are you are you churning out another novel that we can expect to see Riley in?
3: I'm not writing anything for a little bit. Um, I have a teaching job waiting for me and. That's
2: it. I actually, uh, I'm going straight to the airport uh, early in the morning, so my bags, they are already packed, and so we will be drinking wine until I can take a cab to uh, LAX.
1: Well, we hope you guys have a wonderful night and celebrate a truly uh, historic night for both of you.
2: Oh, I will, I will absolutely celebrate that this has come to an end. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you very much.
1: I think that went really well. Yeah, they were nicer than I thought. Beth, um, you are drinking too much tonight.
0: Here, there's just a sense of them wanting to get out of here as soon as possible. They did not want to be here. They'd had enough, and bringing up Riley was a really sensitive subject.
1: Yeah, this this was a tough night for him. I mean, he clearly wasn't too jazzed about Riley's win. And then, obviously, there was the whole moment, which would have honestly been the number one story coming out of the Oscars, but was sort of overshadowed by a bigger story, which was the fist fight. Between him and Wes Anderson,
0: of all people, which was a clumsy, it was a very clumsy, it was a clumsy fight, I
1: would say. Yeah. You know. It was honestly a very cute fight. I thought it was adorable. Like, I thought there was something very, you know, Wes has such tiny little fists and Antoine, um, you know, is so French.
0: And managed to hold his cigarette the whole time. We did lose sight of Anna Marie. I can't remember if she was one of like the onlookers or I, when I think back to that moment, you know, I feel like I could place her, but I can't.
1: I don't know where she was. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in all the TMZ videos and stuff, she's... I haven't seen her because I was looking for her because I wanted to see what her reaction was, whether she was cheering it True. on or, or just um, triggered by it, you know? I can't
0: get over it. Did you see how the fight ended? Joy, Joy... Moon put herself between these two. Right. Which was painful to watch. Also a
1: very, a a smaller woman.
0: Much. So some of those swings went right over her head, but the fight also landed Antoine in like, you know, the Beverly Hilton's detainment center, wherever that is, you know, by security. So things I take out of this is Antoine was outside all night. We saw the fight. He was then taken to that little room. He couldn't have gone anywhere. We lost a little bit of Anna Marie while that fight was going on, but someone we know who was with them was Lori Kurtz. They were hanging out for a while until Wes Anderson started talking shit.
1: You know, it seems like reports have said that that conversation was not very kind not kind. Riley.
0: Absolutely. I walked by... Um, just to get another Red Bull, and they were not speaking highly. I mean, but that's no surprise. Like, it seemed like they were barely, you know, not dragging Riley when they were talking to us, you know? So imagine what those people had to
1: say. Right. A couple more drinks in, and Lori was pretty lit, you know? Oh, yeah. As she's prone to get, as she as it's her right to get as an icon, and but was sort of overlooked and not nominated, even though her performance was truly exceptional. Um, It had sort of been relegated into a surprise. Supporting right. Role. And that was such an intense category this year. And also
0: paying to run her own campaign, you know, to be nominated and yeah. not getting any of that. So maybe the maybe the the shit talking of Riley felt deserved. You know, Lori is interesting, but I'd also like to talk about Eric Larson, who is Riley's co-star and the person she was rumored to have an affair with. I I don't know. He just seems like a likelier suspect than National Treasure Lori Kurtz, who could
1: literally barely walk at the after party. I just think we need to cover all our bases. Okay.
0: I mean, I'm willing to hear your arguments.
1: There's definitely a lot to explore there, and luckily we have rolls and rolls of audio recording. Are they rolls? I'm hearing from Beth that they're not rolls. It's just all digital. Well, until next time,
0: this has been Just to Be Nominated from Hollywood magazine. I'm Terry Mc What? Oh
1: wow. Um, okay, Beth is telling us to check our phones. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh Okay. It looks like there there's gonna be uh an update on Riley's autopsy report. The is gonna go live in Two minutes it looks like, so we got to get to this. Stop recording. Um Okay. Until next week. Just to be nominated. Uh, Thank until you. next week. Okay. Bye.
4: Hello, this is Jorge Molina, creator of Just to Be Nominated. This podcast is a Kingdom of pavement production. This episode, Antoine Marais and anna Marie Highsmith, was written, directed, and produced by me, Jorge Molina. I can be found on Instagram and Twitter, at ColorMeJorge. This episode was executive produced by Amy Sudo and Kyle Kords. Alexi Gonzalez is our editorial consultant. Ariana Coyle is our assembly cut editor. Music and lead sound design by Andrew Campbell. Theme by Jordan Bennett, who can be found on Instagram and Twitter at JabinMusic. Graphics by Brendan Haley, who can be found on Instagram at Hayley Doodles. Terry is voiced by Zach Noe Towers, who can be found on Instagram and Twitter at ZachNoeTowers. Leo is voiced by Brendan Scannell, who can be found on Instagram at Bscan. Antoine Marais is voiced by Sid Phoenix, who can be found on Instagram and Twitter at sid underscore phoenix. Anna-Marie Highsmith is voiced by Camille James Harmon, who can be found on Instagram at Camille James Harmon. Riley Audrey is voiced by Anouk Samuel, who can be found on Instagram at Anouk Samuel. Special thanks to the Orphanage Collective for lending their thoughts and suggestions to our assistant Michelle Lynn and the rest of our Kingdom of Payment team. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. It is extremely important in these early episodes to help more people find us. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JTBN Podcast to stay updated on the latest news and find clues related to the case. Until next time, it's been an honor just to be nominated.